Hey, Life Church family, I hope you're having a great morning. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. My name is Pastor Tim, and I'm so glad you're with us. And I'm Harriet, and we're so glad that you're with us today online. If this is your first time, we want to say welcome, and we would love if you would fill out our online connect card at lifecc.com, just to let us know that you are here with us today. That's awesome. Also, we wanna pray for you. We really care about what's going on in your life. So if you would just take a moment today, go to our website, click on the prayer link, give us your prayer request. Our whole staff would love to lift you up in prayer together. Yeah, we love you, church, and we are so glad that you're here. We hope that you enjoy the service today. God bless. Good morning, Life Church Online. I'm so glad you're with us again. I hate that I don't get to see you as often as we used to, but I'm really honored to be here to bring God's Word into your home, into your kitchen table, maybe you're at your car, wherever you may be. It's a real pleasure and honor to be here with you today. And so I love you, our church staff. We continue to pray for you and lift you up. And we want you to know you're a big part of our life, big part of our church, even if you're at home. And so we're just so honored you're with us today. Uh, do me a favor, if you're on Facebook, you can hit the little heart button. Let me know that you're you're enjoying what's going on online. Uh, the heart button is the amen when you're in church. You get to say amen when you're on Facebook. You can hit the heart button, and that lets me know when I watch back that you are tuned in and enjoying the message. If you're on YouTube, you can go into the comment section, and you can make a comment. You can just type in amen. Uh, type in, hello, Pastor Tim, or just something fun. I don't care. I like to read the comments, so I'm really honored you're with us today. I want to give you a little information before I get started in my message today. I want to let you know that we are working really hard to improve our online church experience. Uh, most of you are unable to attend an in-person service right now, and we want to be sure we help our online congregation experience church to the fullest, and we want to do all we can to help you. So we're making a few changes to be able to do a better job some of the changes that we're making and already have made, we've purchased some new cameras that are HD that can really help bring the image and bring clarity to what we're bringing to you. We have in our gymnasium, in the auditorium, we have purchased and put up new lights in the auditorium. They are mounted so they can have better lighting. Uh, we have uh, actually raised the platform. You probably don't know this from your house, but we have lifted the platform up so that when we record with a camera and there are people in service, then they won't be blocking the view. So we're making some good changes along the way. Also want to let you know that we are hiring a brand new staff member to our church. Uh, this staff member is going to be the director of our technical uh, work, our technical processes. And so I'm pretty excited about bringing the talent to our team that can help us in the area of audio, lighting and video and so that's going to be a pretty uh, cool thing to have someone brand new with us uh, if you're interested in that job you can go to our our website you can find the uh, the job application there it'll link you to a national company that is helping us with our job search to find the right person from all over the nation so i'm excited about growing our team that's going to be pretty exciting we are updating our website and our app to help simplify online church for all of us. And so those things are great. We are preparing to start 
a live broadcast of our in-person services. We're not quite ready for it, but that's the goal to where we can record for you what is happening in church on Sunday morning. Basically, we want you to be able to experience at home as much as possible what people will be able to experience in person. So all that's going on, we believe that God uses online. We believe online experience is going to be a part of our future, always moving forward. Uh, we've heard from people from Western North Carolina. We've heard from people that are in Greensboro. We've heard from someone in New York just last week that are tuning in to our services. And so we just feel like online church is a really important part of it. And so we're doing all of these things really for one reason. And that reason is, is because many of our church family need to be at home and we want you to know you matter. You matter to us. Your connection to your church matters to us. Therefore, we're investing, we're improving, and we're doing everything we can to give you a great opportunity to experience church online. And while I'm here talking about some of these things, I want to give a quick and most needed shout out to a few people who have done an amazing job with bringing online church to you. My first shout out goes to Bailey Blevins. She had to immediately become our, our technical director when COVID-19 hit. Uh, she was untrained and somewhat unprepared and she jumped in, learned, and has done a great job. So shout out to Bailey. Also to Chandler Ritter. Chandler Ritter has spent hours, hundreds of hours, editing videos so that we can produce these for you on Sunday. And so to both of them, this is a great minute to give you the applause you deserve. I appreciate you. If you're at home and you're watching this, this is a good time to hit the hearts. This is a good time to say thank you because they have worked so hard to help us. Now, while I'm here, I want to also give a thank you to you. I want to thank you to our church for your generosity. Without your generosity, we would not have been able to make these improvements. Without your tithes and offerings, we would not have been able to continue to, to do our ministry the way we we're doing it. We wouldn't be able to expand and grow. Uh, without your generosity, we would have had to shut things down. But you have been faithful, and I want to say thank you. And because of your faithfulness, we're going to continue the ministry. We're going to continue to reach people through online church. And so thank you so much. I love you. You guys are amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And so if I were online, I would be hitting the heart button right now. I would be putting the praise hands in, in the comment section for you guys. So I love you. Thank you so much. Now, with all that said, I want to jump into a message today. We're going to continue our series, When Life Gives You Lemons. This series is out of the book of Philippians. We've been studying through the book of Philippians for several weeks now. And just to remind you that the Apostle Paul, he's writing this letter that we read in our Bible called Philippians. And he's writing it to a church in Philippi. Thus is where we get our church, the name of this letter in the book of the Bible called Philippians. Uh, he wrote this letter in prison, chained to a prison guard, 24 hours a day. Apostle Paul was falsely accused. He was forgotten by the authorities. Uh, he was ridiculed by outsiders. His rights were stripped from him. He didn't know the fate of his future. He was, he was just in a, a place where he was in really uncomfortable, uh, just highly intense places in his life. 
Yet out of that, Paul wrote about joy. Paul wrote about never giving up. Paul wrote about what we talked about last week, pressing into Christ. Today what we're going to do is take a section of Scripture where Paul teaches us about rejoicing and anxiety. I don't know about any of you, but anxiety is a real part of our culture today. And the Apostle Paul wants to help us with that. Sermon title today, if you're taking notes, my sermon title is this, The Choice to Rejoice. The Choice to Rejoice. So from Paul's prison, he writes Philippians 4, verses 4 through 6. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again, Paul says, Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Verse 6, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So in this text, the Apostle Paul is giving us an understanding about how to process life through difficulties. And basically, he gives us two options about how we process and we handle difficulties. One of those options is we process through rejoicing and joy. The other way we process through life can be through anxiety. And so rejoicing, rejoicing. Uh, listen, rejoicing is not a natural response to difficulties. No one looks at difficulties and goes, Yay, I love difficulties. Rejoicing is not natural response to problems. Rejoicing though, is an intentional way. It's intentional. It's intentional how we process through life. It's an intentional way to do our problems. Anxiousness, on the other hand, is a totally unintentional way of doing life. You don't have to work at being anxious. It'll just come on its own. Uh, I was thinking about when you think about rejoicing and anxiousness, it's kind of like planting a garden. If you want to have a, a really pretty garden, then you would intentionally plant seeds, you would intentionally water your garden, you would tend to your garden, and if you intentionally take care of the environment of your garden, then it will produce something great. On the other hand, weeds are like anxiety, and they grow in bad conditions. And so if we don't manage the environment of our soul, then anxiousness will grow. And that's why Paul is teaching us today that we can make a choice to rejoice. It's a choice. We can produce great things in our life through our choice to rejoice. So in my message today, I want to just take a couple minutes and look at both rejoicing and anxiousness and how we can learn from what the Apostle Paul is teaching us. So first, I want to take us back to Philippians chapter 4.4. And Paul, once again, just to remind you, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Now it's important to understand that rejoicing is not a result of good circumstances. Uh, that's not what Paul's talking about. We're supposed to rejoice and the emphasis is in the Lord. Our rejoicing is in God. It's in the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that His grace is unending and will never reach the end of all of God's goodness in our life. We'll never reach the end of the goodness of the Lord. And so there's always something for us to rejoice in the Lord over that has nothing to do with the circumstances in life. And so I want to do just a quick study on the word rejoice for just a moment because if we're supposed to rejoice in the Lord, 
I just want you to grab a depth of what that word means. And so in the Greek, the word for rejoice comes from the same Greek word for grace. You can see on the screen where it says in the Greek here, grace equals charis. We get the word charisma from that. We get the word charismatic from this word grace, meaning charis in the Greek. That's the Greek word for grace. The word for rejoice comes from the same root of charis, which is Cairo, and it comes from the same root word. They are related to one another. And so when Paul is telling us to rejoice in the Lord, let me give you a, a definition of what rejoice means. Rejoice means to express joy or gladness because of God's grace. We rejoice because of the grace of God in our life, the grace of Jesus in our life. That's what we rejoice from. It's not about the circumstance. It's about rejoicing in the Lord. Now, I think most people assume that grace means forgiveness and salvation. And that's part of grace. Yes, I am saved by grace. I'm saved by His forgiveness. I'm saved for my salvation through the grace of Jesus. That is a part of it. But that's not a complete definition and understanding of what grace is all about. So if we're going to rejoice about the grace, we need to have a good depth of understanding what grace is all about. So let me give you a few definitions about grace. So grace is undeserved and unmerited favor and kindness of God. It's undeserved. That's why we are saved by grace. I don't deserve the salvation. It's unmerited. Uh, he offered salvation to me and I receive it. It's grace in my life, His forgiveness for me. I don't deserve it. I never deserve all the good things God does for me, but it's undeserved kindness of God in my life. Undeserved, unmerited favor and kindness of God. Grace is also described as a free gift from God. It's a gift. It's a gift that He gives us. The gifts of God. I like where we go back to the Greek definition of grace, which is charis. And again, we get the word charisma and charismatic. Uh, the term charismatic or gifts of the Spirit come out of this because we are healed by His grace. Listen, everything from God is by His grace. The gifts of the Spirit are the grace gifts of God in our life. The grace gifts. So in the same way I receive my salvation by the grace of Jesus in my life, I receive healing in my life. I receive everything in my life. I, I am set free from bondages in my life because of the grace of God in my life. Everything is grace. Everything good from God comes because of the unmerited favor of God in my life. Another way of saying grace is grace is every good gift is grace. Every gift is grace. The unmerited favor of God. Everything from God that is good. Everything that is good is from God. I like what James chapter 117 says. It says every good and perfect gift is from above. Every perfect gift. See, that's the grace. Every gift, it's from above, coming down from the Father. Everything that's good in your life is from grace. Everything is from grace. In Philippians 4.19, out of the same section of text that from our main text, Paul writes this. Paul says, My God will meet all your needs according to His riches. 
That's that moment of grace. It's according to the grace of the glory of Christ Jesus. All your needs are met through grace. Everything we have is through grace. Grace is, is, the, is the place where everything that God has that's good is given to us when we don't even deserve it. Grace is a free gift from God that supplies everything you need in every situation. Grace. Grace is provision because He is our provider. Grace is health. He is the God who heals you. That's His grace. Grace is, is comfort. He's the God who comforts you. It's by His grace He comforts us. Grace is strength. Grace is strength because He is the God who strengthens us. Grace is direction. He is the God who directs every step. All of those are from His grace. It's a grace that, that is what is in our life that is from God. We don't deserve it, but He gives it to us. So now when Paul says that we should rejoice in the Lord always, Paul means that in every situation, whatever is going on in our life, we need to begin to rejoice and give praise to the Lord because He meets every need in your life. By His grace, He meets every need in your life. We rejoice into the grace. We rejoice into what we need in life. We rejoice into it. Listen, rejoicing is not the result of God's grace in your life. Think about that for a moment. Rejoicing is not the result of God's grace in your life. Joy is a result of God's grace in our life, but rejoicing is what we do before we receive and have the, the joy of God. See, Paul means that in every situation we should begin to rejoice. Rejoicing is, rejoicing is that act of faith to intentionally to remember and activate God's grace in your life. Rejoicing is an act of faith. It's a stepping out. It's beginning to rejoice in the hard times. You see, we make a choice to rejoice before we feel like it. We make a choice to rejoice in our difficulties. We begin to rejoice whenever we, whatever situation we are. Joy will follow rejoicing, but rejoicing is our step of faith into whatever God has for us. You see, Paul is not saying that you need to be happy and joyful all the time. That would be impossible. You'll never be 100% happy every moment of your life. But what he is saying is that we need to practice rejoicing all the time. In every situation, we practice. We activate rejoicing. We activate the grace of God in our life. And so if you're taking notes, you can write this down. But when life gives you lemons... I make the choice to rejoice. I make the choice to rejoice. The next time you feel anxious, start reminding yourself of all of God's grace in your life. The next time you feel anxious, remind yourself of God's provision. Remind yourself and rejoice about God's favor in your life. Begin to rejoice about the gifts of God in your life. Rejoice about God's comfort in your life. You see, rejoicing is, is activating the grace of God. It's you appreciating what that grace is in your life. 
Grace is a gift from the Lord. It is a gift. It's a free gift. We don't deserve it. But we still have to receive it. We still have to open that box. I mean, if He gives you a, a gift and the, the gift is there, but there's a moment for us to receive it. It's kind of like when you think about the gift of salvation is for everyone. But those who receive it are the ones that activate it in their life. And so all the grace gifts are available to you. Rejoicing is that place where we stir it up and we open up the gift of God in our life. Rejoicing is an act of faith to receive from God. So when you feel anxious, you, you make a choice to rejoice. We praise Him when we feel like it. We praise Him when we don't feel like it. We praise Him from the mountaintops. We praise Him in the valleys. We praise Him for what He has done and we praise Him for what He will do. Paul said that we should rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoicing is that the activation, trusting God through it all, believing that His grace is more than enough for every situation. When Paul was in prison, what did he need? Paul needed comfort while he was in prison. So as Paul begins to, to rejoice in the Lord, he's actually rejoicing into the grace that brings comfort in his life. Whatever you need, you begin to rejoice into the grace that brings whatever you need into your life. Rejoicing is a powerful activation of faith in our life. So we rejoice, we rejoice, rejoice always. Paul said it again, rejoice. And then Paul in Philippians chapter 4, 6, he talks to us about anxiousness. Paul said, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't be anxious about anything. Let's talk about anxiousness for just a moment. What is anxiousness? Well, it's not a fun word to talk about because we all relate to it so much. Anxiousness, it means to worry and to be troubled, to be uneasy and to display nervousness or, or jittery, jittery nervousness in us. It can feel like heaviness, anxiousness. It's a, it's a lack of peace that's experienced both physically and emotionally. Anxiousness. It can hit you in a moment and compound over time. My opinion is this, and I have no proof over it, but my opinion is that during this COVID-19 pandemic, that the number one attack on people right now is anxiousness. It hit us in a moment, but it continues to compound. And most people are beginning to feel it on the inside. Most people are beginning to, to feel worried and troubled all around us. I hear people talking about they're nervous about the future. Uh, we have a heaviness that's on us, a lack of peace. When I read that verse, don't be anxious about anything. My first thought was, well, and, and I'm joking, but my first thought was, oh, Lord, um, don't be anxious about anything. I was thinking, you know, Lord, um, you know, you had Apostle Paul write that. Did you forget about 2020? <laughs> Did you forget that 2020 was going to come? I mean, I was like, you know, I didn't want to argue with God. I, I, like, I didn't want to embarrass him that he forgot about 2020, but that's a joke. But listen, I just was like, 2020 has so much that is piling on us right now. And so when I read that about, 
Like, don't be anxious about anything. So my second thought was, is that even possible? I mean, is it even possible, really? Like, like sometimes you want to read the Bible and you want to apply it, but it says that, that we should not be anxious about anything. And I was like, Lord, is that even possible? Is it possible to never worry? I mean, is it possible to never be anxious? Is it possible to never have stress or never have fear? Because if that's the case, if it's never, then I just need to tell my church that I'm the biggest sinner you know. Because I've been dealing with it. If it's a never, if it's a sin to walk in some anxiousness, then then I've done it because I feel anxiousness at times. I, I feel vulnerability from sicknesses. I feel stress from leadership. I'm not always sleeping my best. Honestly, I don't feel like I'm really living my best life right now because of all that's going on. There's an anxiousness inside of me. Let me tell you, church, something that I feel like the Lord said to me, and that is that anxiousness is not a sin, it's an emotion. It's not a sin to feel anxiousness. What Paul is teaching us, though, is that anxiousness is trying to tell you something. Anxiousness is trying to tell you something. Anxiousness is like a warning signal that something is wrong. It's a warning signal. I'll give you a quick illustration. How many of you ever had that annoying little red light that comes on on your car dashboard that indicates there's trouble going on? Have you ever had that little light check come on? It's that check engine light. When that check engine light comes on, it's immediate anxiety inside of me when I see that little light comes on. So what is the check engine light? What is that light? The check engine light is not the problem. The check engine light just signals me that there's a problem somewhere else. The signal indicates that if I'm smart, I'll pay attention to the check engine light and I will take my car to the manufacturer. I'll take my car to the one who made it because the one who created it is the one who knows how to fix it. And so the check engine light is a signal that tells us something is wrong. The light is not the problem. The light is just a signal that you need to address something that's going on in the car. So what is anxiety? Anxiety is a signal that's alerting you that it's time to turn to God in prayer. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.6, he said this, don't be anxious about anything, but he's like, if you're anxious, if you feel it, what do you do? He gives us a solution. He says, but in every situation, what do you do? By prayer, petition, thanksgiving, what are we doing? We're presenting our request to God. Anxiety is a signal to pray. Anxiety, when you feel anxiety, it's a signal to pray. We need, I need, you need, we need emotional awareness in order to thoughtfully process anxiety. You need emotional awareness in order to process and and to know what to do with anger. We need an emotional awareness about our frustration. We need emotional awareness of our sadness. We need an emotional awareness of confusion or depression in life. We need emotional awareness. Emotional awareness is when you know how you're feeling. Like emotional awareness, you need to know how you're feeling. Sometimes I think we, we don't slow down enough to, 
to feel what we're feeling and, and we cover it and we just keep running forward. We need emotional awareness. If you're anxious, you need to know it. Because anxiousness is a signal that we need to turn to God in prayer. It's a signal that there's something going on inside of us that needs some help. If you're sad, it's a signal that something is going on. You need to turn to God. If you're frustrated, if you're going through feelings and emotions that are negative, instead of ignoring them, we need to have an awareness. We need to be able to know how I'm feeling. You need to feel how you're feeling. Years ago, my very first car was a Ford Mustang. I loved my little Ford Mustang. I thought it was a cool little car. I had all the windows completely tinted out and I had a sunroof in my car. I felt really good about my car. But one day the check engine light came on in my car. So I took my car to the, to the shop to be fixed. And, and so after they looked at what the check engine light was all about, the man told me, the mechanic told me, hey, you have a sensor that's out. He said, but there's nothing wrong with your car. It's the sensor that's broken, not your car. And he said, your sensor is telling you something's wrong, but there's not anything wrong. And he said, he said so to fix the sensor, it's going to cost a couple hundred dollars. And so I was like, well, if there's nothing wrong with my car, then I don't care about the warning light. So what I did, and I don't recommend this to anyone, but I took a piece of black electrical tape and I taped it over the check engine light because I didn't want it to warn me anymore of what was going on. Now, listen, it worked out in my car fine. My car worked fine and never broke down after that from the check engine light. And so that was fine in my car. But I want to let you know that if you miss the warning signals that are going on in your life, it won't work out so well. Because the, the check engine light of your life, the anxieties and the, the depressions, those are trying to tell you something is going on. So you need an emotional awareness. You need to know what is going on in your life and you need to feel it and you need to process it. So when Paul was saying, don't be anxious about anything, he, he was just meaning have an awareness about your emotions and let them be a signal to you to go to God in prayer. So if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Anxiousness is a warning signal that I need to pray. I read a quote from Pastor Craig Groeschel, amazing pastor, but he said this. He said, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. So the Apostle Paul, he's teaching us that there's two ways to process life. You can process it through an intentional pursuit of joy, an intentional pursuit of, of rejoicing, or you can just let life come at you. And you can let anxiety grow. Anxiety grows in the difficult environments of our life when we don't process them and take them to the Lord. And so I just want to close with this today to help you apply this in your life. I just want to remind you that when you face difficulties and, and you have feelings of anxiousness come up in your life, which is quite normal, then the answer to that is to rejoice and pray. It's to rejoice and pray. Rejoicing is this deliberate act of pursuing joy. We just begin to express our joy. We begin to ex express our praise to God. We don't wait for the difficulties to go away. We rejoice as a catalyst to walk into joy. We, we rejoice as a catalyst to, to receive all of the grace and everything that we need in our life. 
And so I want to encourage you that when you feel the, the anxieties coming in your life, when you feel the stress and those things come, that's a, that's a, a signal for you to begin to rejoice and begin to tap into to the grace of God in your life. We need to remember His grace and maybe for you, you need to journal thankfulness and maybe you need to put on worship music. Maybe you just need to practice smiling. You know, smiling could be a great way to practice rejoicing because you're just, you're, you're displaying the joy that you want in your life. Change your attitude in the, the moments. We need to think joyfully. We need to think about the promises of God in life. So I want to encourage you to, to rejoice. Begin your day with rejoicing and pray throughout the day. Paul says pray. We should pray in the morning. We should pray every time we feel anxiousness. Let it be a signal for us to pray. And the last verse I want to share with you when it comes to prayer, Apostle uh, Peter in 1 Peter 5-7, this is what he says to do with that anxiety. He says, cast your anxiety on God. Cast your anxiety to Him because He cares for you. And so today I just want to close my message with a, with a moment for you just to take your anxieties and cast them to the Lord. And just to lay them down at His feet and take all the burdens of your day, whatever you're going through right now, whatever's stressing you, whether it's from the COVID-19, maybe you're you're anxious about your job and maybe you're anxious about a friend or a parent. Maybe you have older parents and you're really worried about them. And maybe there's, uh, maybe it's your children and their school or maybe their, their sports, whether or not they'll get to play or not. Maybe there's some other way you're feeling anxious right now. I want to just lead you for just a moment to have a, just this, this moment in time as a way to begin to lay that burden down and then to fill your life by rejoicing. So would you just do me a favor right now, wherever you are, just bow your heads. Simply take this moment and just quiet your heart for this moment. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the grace of Jesus. We thank you that the gifts of God are for us. We thank you, Father, that everything we need is found in you. And God, as we begin to rejoice, we're actually just lifting our faith. We're just lifting our confidence in you. Would you just at your home, just say, I just rejoice in the Lord. Would you just say, God, I love you. I thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for protecting me. Just go ahead and begin to rejoice ahead of time. Lord, we do. We thank you. We rejoice in you. You're a good God. Everything we need is found in you. So we rejoice. Father, at this moment, we want to take the burdens. And so would you just at this very moment, think about whatever it is that, that is weighing you down and just can you almost in a tangible way, like take it off your shoulders and just lay it at the feet of Jesus and just say, I just, I lay that burden down. I just lay it down for this moment. When I do that personally, I can almost feel the weight come off of me. It's like I, I breathe out all of the, the hardship and the heaviness. It's just, 
And then I just breathe in His presence again and I just I feel His grace come over me. And so, Lord, we just lay it down. We cast our burdens at Your feet. We thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord, that You have taught us today how we can find freedom from that anxiety. And we love You, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Church, I want to encourage you. Rejoice always in every situation. And every time you feel anxiety, just begin to pray. Seek God. Take it to Him. Lay it at His feet. Allow Him to fill you with His, His grace so that you can live your day from a place of joyfulness. You have two ways you can process your life. You can live it out of joy. Or you can live it out of anxiety. I promise you, a joyful life is a way better life. So church, I love you. God bless you. I know life is tough, but I know that by the grace of God that you're going to get through it and you're going to get stronger and stronger. Church, I love you. I'll see you online next week.